Hello, and welcome back to Literally Sisters. Welcome. Woo-hoo. We're back. We have a special guest today because today is book recap day. So once a month, we're spending an episode recapping our book club book, which this time was Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And um, we have my sister, Daniela, which we have talked about so many times. And she's going to help us recap because she is also part of the book club and we, we love more thoughts. Um, shout out to Cassie, who's also in our book club, and she wanted to be here. Um, but she, you'll, everyone can meet her next time, next recap. So, welcome, Daniela. How do you feel? Oh, thank you. I feel pretty good. You know, <laughs> feels. I feel real like everybody nice on a podcast. <laughs> everybody on the podcast knows Daniela's life. Um, so <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you don't Major have to give a lot of backstory. <laughs> <laughs> do we even really need to introduce her? Because. <laughs> I know, seriously. So I'm um, I'm Andrea's freeloading sister. <laughs> <laughs> no shame in the game. Um, Daniela is four years younger than us. Um, just completed her master's. Woo woo! And she's a chemist. She's and, a chemist. And lives um, the nomad life that we all wish we could live. So, one hundred percent. Like, Where's Daniela? We won't ever know. Like, it's not really Carmen San Diego. It's Daniela Oliveira. <laughs> Just off living her best life, though, honestly. 100%. Well, if this isn't the time to do it. <laughs> For real. Carol, what were you doing when you were 26? <laughs> I know, right? Like, nothing fun ever. Um, but yeah. How are you feeling? You're back. I'm back. I'm back home, um, which is really nice. It was kind of a whirlwind of a weekend because both myself and Daniel and Kaylee had really long travel days and we all, we traveled separately. So that was kind of annoying. Um, I got home a lot earlier than them, um, which was nice. Cause I was like able to like, kind of get a head start on things, but, um, we kind of just had a really busy weekend, just kind of trying to get caught up with life tings. Like being away for a month is really hard. Also, Next um, level. my husband, does not clean to my standards or organize to my standards. <laughs> so I literally spent uh, pretty much all of Saturday night, like, and Sunday, like reorganizing everything to, um, you know, fit what needs to happen in our house. Hello. Um, no kidding. I feel you. Other things are, um, I am now 18 weeks. Uh, my baby is the size of a Kodak disposable camera. Oh my gosh. So cute for those requiring that kind of reference. Um, (laughs) and we still just look chunky and bloated. That's it. (laughs) Not kidding. I was literally showing Andrea yesterday on FaceTime. It's like not really anything to run home about. Um, but this is why you forget. That's why you forget that you're pregnant because you don't look like it yet. A hundred percent. Um, I still like wear all of my, I mean, like, I know that I'm like insanely lucky, but I still wear all of my pre-pregnancy clothes. Like I haven't bought, I haven't needed to buy any maternity clothes. So nice. I mean, they're a waste, right? Anyways. So, (laughs) well, yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, I just thought like at some point I would need like pants that are like 
less snug and like stuff like that but like it's fine i'm like literally wearing jeans that i wore pre-pregnancy granted like pre-pregnancy like jeans never fit my waist because like of the like proportions of my body um they're always bigger at the waist and so i'm definitely like prioritizing those over like my tighter jeans but like still yeah, we need to get her some of Phoebe's pregnancy pants. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you need Santa pants. Yeah. I know. And right? then after you're not pregnant anymore, you can use it to shoplift melons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just turning off all my all my sounds. I forgot to. So talk. now that Carol's back, we'll have less technical difficulties and better quality everything. Honestly, um, that's the so hope. But like, there. honestly, that's the hope. But like, no promises. <laughs> No promises, but at least it'll be a little bit more guaranteed this time because that was a rough. Oh, my gosh. I know. Do you have any updates about your week? How was your week? Um, My week was good. Um, Danielle and I have been in a training all weekend, which has been draining AF, um, but it finishes today. Thank goodness. Um, And so that's kind of what we've been doing. That's why Danielle is here. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, and Daniela also just came back from Florida, so that's also why she's here. <laughs> a pit stop on her way back. <laughs> that's nice. But other than that, everything's super chill for us here. Good. But yeah. Um, um, so I'm wondering, can we do a quick Love is Blind recap? I have some apologies to make um, because... Last episode, I said that I would never watch it, and I think it's stupid. Oh, yeah. Tell the people. Tell the people (laughs) what you said. Enter me. Okay. So then, because Danielle is here, Danielle is here. So she's just like, oh, I want to, she's like, I want to listen to the podcast, but I I wanted, she's like, I listened to, or didn't listen. I watched season one, but since you guys recapped season two, I want to watch it first. And I'm over here talking so much shit. And then she puts it on anyways and starts watching it, and then I just started watching, like, just because she's in my home. Of course you did. And I it, I still cringe the entire time and I was yelling and yes. like 90% of the watching experience was Andrea like banging down on the pillows being like I cannot watch this anymore and then proceeding to watch six more episodes. <laughs> it's a tr- it's a train wreck that you can't look away from, for sure. It literally is. It's that like car in flames on the side of the highway that you just have to stare at. I so, will okay, say, but important no, go ahead. So just just before you say that, yeah, um, I I didn't watch the last episode um, because I ha- like I had to go to bed. Daniela is like a binge watcher, so she'll stay up until whenever. And like I'm an old lady now, so those four years really make a difference. So I didn't actually get to watch, but I I went and looked up updates. Like I looked up re- uh, not reviews, um, like summaries. That's okay. I I think it's fine that you didn't watch it. I like literally, I think I skipped through a lot of the like fluff stuff and really only stayed for like the main, like I do or I don't. And then like the aftermath stuff. So the last, the last episode I watched was when they were trying on wedding dresses and I was like, I fucking can't. So then I just went to bed. Okay. But I, I read who like said yes and who didn't and all those things. Yeah. I think honestly, since the rest of the episodes have come out, I think that that's probably the stuff that we should go over mostly because like all the other mm-hmm. stuff was like fluff around them, like planning their weddings and things like that. And like, which they pay for, by the stuff. way. Right. And I also, but I also noticed a couple of the girls didn't wear the dresses that they had said that they were going to wear like Danielle's dress. Well, anyway, we'll get right into it. But 
Danielle's dress that she was going to, that she said yes to on the dress episode was definitely not the dress that she wore on the day. And so that was kind of weird. I don't know how that works, but like, cause she had tried on this. You remember the dress she had? She was had like a, like it was like a tank top and it was like laced in the front and like a tight bodice. Um, that was like kind of semi see-through her wedding dress was like long sleeve. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah, So it was weird. I don't know if she like had like a different, I don't know what happened, but anyway, I think everyone else's was pretty much the same. I don't know because Natalie's dress was like very simplistic. So it was hard to tell. Obviously Mm -hmm. deep D's dress was like, she looked amazing. She like looked like a queen. Oh my God. She looked so good. Um, she had shake ready to say yes, man. <laughs> and yes. then um, Ayana's dress was really cute as well. Um, anyway, let's we'll go through the couples like kind of in order. Um, Danielle and Nick, they were the ones who got together first um, in the pods. And um, I guess, uh, I mean, obviously this whole like review is spoiler or this whole recap is spoiler alert. So if you don't know that by now, like, come on. Um, but mm-hmm. um, they both said yes. Mm-hmm. Which, to be honest, I was really surprised that Nick said yes. I was really oh, waiting. 100%. I was waiting for him to say no. Um, right. After seeing her apartment. I oh, will... no. Absolutely not. Okay. He was being a little bit, like, old about it. Girl, Come on. She, has, she had the, the drum set out and her friends are, like, literally breaking tables. Like, she's still in her party girl phase. Like, she's literally, like, acts like she's, like, 22. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But, like. And he's almost 40. Okay, but that's his own problem. Like, he should have known that. Like, I 100%, which is why I thought he would say no, being like, oh, I did not realize how immature you are. I didn't think it yeah, was going to be because of that, though. I thought it was going to be because ugh. of all of the fights that she was picking. Um, okay, yeah, that too. But that should have been the nail in the coffin, bro. They were really bad, especially the way she reacted when he got upset. Like, he was upset because of his own stuff. And it was the same day that, like, she met, like, he met her parents. Oh, my God. I know. Like, that was so dumb. That, that fight was, was so dumb. I that fight like, was so ridiculous. It oh was. Oh, my gosh. It was, and it was always like that constantly. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was. Then the next girl, you need to stop being so toxic. <laughs> I am interested to see whether they're still together. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I think it's 50-50 I think they still for are. Them. I think they are because even from season one, there were a lot of couples that I was like, for sure, divorced within a year from that one. And they're still together. Amber so and Barnett. I know. We definitely thought Amber and Barnett were going to get divorced. Oh, they had some yeah. major I, issues with the financial stuff that I was like. I checked their Instagram. Like I checked their Instagram like maybe once every six months just to see if they're still together. <laughs> I know. I don't know how this is working. But they are. Like, like they're fine. Like it's crazy. Um. There was no couples like uh, Cameron and Lauren where I was like, these two are OTP. Like they're going to stay together. They're like perfect together. There were no couples like that during this season. Um, None. So that was interesting to me. So let's see what happens with the reunion with Danielle and Nick. I'm really interested to hear if like there have been any hiccups in their relationship. Um, next couple, Deep Dean and Shake. Uh, honestly. Thank goodness. I think that, oh, so the other thing to say about Danielle and Nick is that they also claimed that um, she had a bad edit, which, I mean, I guess I could see that being an issue. Um, I don't know. We'll see what she says. 
Um, I do think that Deep D, in a sense, got a bad edit because she was kind of portrayed the entire time as like this woman who was just like blindly like getting caught up with this process and like engaged to this guy who like was very open about the fact that like he didn't feel sexually attracted to her. And we were all like, what are you doing? Like this guy is like not it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to believe that he had had some kind of personal revelation and some development during the show. I really did. I wanted to believe that he had pushed back all past all of those barriers that he had had, you know, his issues with like dating Indian women, his issues with the sexual stuff and all that stuff. But in reality, that wedding episode was very clearly depictive that he is still the same bitch. Oh, 100%. 100%. The way that he acted during the wedding and after she said no and walked away and he continued to celebrate and was like acting like it was no big deal and whatever. I was just like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, yeah, he was going up to those those guests. Oh, him saying, oh, if I had said, I'm glad she went first because if I had said yes, she would have said yes. I was like, get out of here. Honestly. Get out of here. Who do you think you are with all your, ugh. I wouldn't you know think if she didn't had, need to say but, yes. But like, thank you for proving a point because that was literally why she said no was because mm-hmm. you haven't chosen me this entire time, mm-hmm. right? So she was just saying no. She was she was the one who was more ballsy, being like, "You're a little bitch." Okay, I've been saying yes to you and like being transparent with you this entire time and giving you the benefit of the doubt, and you still can't even do this now. Right? She's like, I can't even trust your yes. Right. You've been saying no to me this entire time, but like to everybody else except for me. I wouldn't have trusted him at all. So I like. No, no way. No one. He's like he literally tells everyone every time that they're in groups. He's always telling every single person except for her that he's not sexually attracted to her. The only time he really brought it up is in that one lunch that they had. And she was like, what the fuck? I know. It was crazy. It was crazy. Bro, even his mom was like, after he told his mom that, she was like, yeah, you know, I'm on her side here. Yes! I'm on her side. I love the mom. She doesn't deserve that. We love the mom. We stand the mom 100%. She was like, anyway, I hope Deep Deep D was always too good for him. So I'm really glad. Um, I do think that. I, I hope that I like wish nothing but the best for her and nothing but the worst for oh, him. Totally. Um, oh, totally. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so um, Shane and Natalie, I will oh say. my goodness. <laughs> okay. I will say that like, I was so, so glad that the true douchebag Shane energy from the pods came back out to play because I oh, was yes. so, totally. I was so worried that Natalie was going to be put under this like spell that he was like, this like fun loving guy and whatever when he was is deeply insecure during the bachelor um party when he like lost his mind that he couldn't like hit a baseball i was like who the fuck like Mm -hmm. what the hell like are you 12 years old like literally he is like a child so bad and he completely played her when he was every time he talked to shanna in the shana in the pods and even like when they all Mm -hmm. met like yeah, they all met the afterwards and he's like sitting there and talking to her. He just completely let her like rip into Natalie and stuff and didn't defend her, didn't really defend their relationship. Like mm-hmm. it was am, not good. I they know. deserved each other. They should they should have been together. They, they should have been, been together like, 100%. But mm-hmm. I'm so glad that Natalie said no. I'm so glad that that fight happened so that she like cuz I think she would have said yes otherwise. 
So I'm really glad it happened. I also liked the contrast that she made with her dad and Shane and like kind of like seeing that he was not it, um, which was great. Mm -hmm. I want to predict that on the reunion episode, we're going to find out that after the wedding, Shane went and called Shayna and they started dating for a brief period of time and they're not together anymore. That's my prediction um, because he is a douchebag. Honestly, all of the guys in this season were not it. Like, not it. No. You know what? I didn't mind Kyle, and I didn't mind Sal. I really didn't. F- for sure. We'll we'll definitely get to them. I think they were probably the least douchebaggy, but I did yeah. feel like Kyle... I, I don't know. I felt a little bit weird about Kyle's whole thing, Kyle- because I was like, why are you proposing to this girl who, right. like, is so red flaggy? But Right. It, it, it was giving desperate energy. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. So yeah, I think he was just really adamant uh, about being uh, about like coming out the other side with like somebody and he and like willing to compromise like too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, next, Sal and Mal. Um, you know what? Wait, before I, we move on, I think yeah. we just need to to mention that like Shane in a drunken stupor told Natalie that he hates her and that she's the worst thing that ever happened to him. And I think that's like next level yeah he said that Next to her level. when they were fighting which is kind of yeah. what sparked yeah. all of this yeah and like i was yeah. so it was the night like, before their wedding that's like literally what what a teenager says like yeah <laughs> like yeah. when you're no, fighting 100%. with your partner and i think that really just encompasses like who he actually is in the sense of like if that's what he's saying when he's drunk then everyone right and like then every time like he's not like anything that he says is really not like reliable 100 shane shane and natalie if you noticed in whenever they were doing their confessionals or whenever they were being interviewed on their own they were the ones especially natalie that justified her relationship more than anything else yeah right because it was always it always started with i love shane shane is great she could never share an opinion she never shared an opinion like even with the money stuff right it was never like um it was never like, oh, like this is something that like I'm really unsure about or whatever. It was always just like, you know, I love Shane. I love Shane. I love Shane. And she, she was always justifying mm. her relationship, right? So the fa- like honestly, that 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 was already red flag number one, being like, oh, you can't even like give feedback on your person. You have to justify them like from the fucking jump. I mean, honestly, some spooky stuff. Spooky so, stuff. Totally. It was crazy um okay um next couple sal and mallory um you know okay so this is this is a good example of mallory whenever she went on to do the interviews she was the one who was always giving opinions she she never justified her and sal every time they were asking her questions and stuff she was always just like answering the questions and they're like I love Sal or whatever. She was just like, no, Sal and I had a, a fight and it was pretty intense. And this is kind of like how I'm feeling right now and whatever. So that like out of all of them, they were, she was always the realist. To be honest, yeah, I felt but- that they had a very genuine relationship. I think so too. I was honestly surprised. I was surprised, but I also like felt that Sal's reasoning was genuine Yes, I I did feel a little weird about him, like kind of alluding to the fact that he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep dating her or not, because I was like, yes, yeah, because I was like, 
you have been like the most romantic, like forward person with her. She was very reserved initially, like very much was like unsure and then like slowly came around. But he was like very forward with her and like his intentions and stuff. And I honestly, I was more concerned that Mallory was going to say no than Sal. So I was very surprised. I think he handled it like a gentleman. Like I think he was like very even keel and like addressed her family and like everything. And I thought that that was great. I think that a lot of this kind of stemmed from the lack of support on Mallory's family side as well, which probably made him uncomfortable too. And I think that, that's valid. Um, I also felt the sister's energy was like very negative. The like Mallory's sister's energy was very negative the whole time. And so I could understand how that was like weighing on him, but I genuinely thought that they had a strong relationship. Like I was very surprised at like, I was very surprised that she was the heartbroken one and he was the one who was being like, Oh, um, I'm not sure like whether, like kind of alluding to the fact that she wasn't sure if they were going to continue dating. Right. I almost wonder if it's because of that, because he was very, I felt like he was very clear the entire like season, the entire time that like he was interested in her, like he big romantic gestures, always very genuine. She was his only like person in the pod and everything like that. Whereas for her, she was dating around in the pod. She was like, she wasn't very like open with her feelings for him and all that stuff. So I almost wonder if he got there and he was like, I don't even know if she really like loves me that much. Mm, maybe. Like I, I That's almost wonder point. if it was that, but it did take me by surprise at the end when she was like, well, do you still want to date and stuff? And he was like, well, let's just see. I need time. That was surprising to me as well. I was really surprised. I think this guy is just really sensey when it comes to rejection and like being threatened. Right. It, because right when they reconciled around the Jarrett stuff, the family stuff came in and it may have not been like her specifically rejecting him, but just like he was just not accepted, just kind of like baseline. And that may have felt like too much potentially. At least that's what I would be curious about. A hundred percent. I'm interested to see what he says at the reunion because I think family was always like a big thing for him. So I think he was Mm -hmm. hoping eventually that Mallory's family would come around. And so I think you know, I think that that was definitely distressing and definitely a part of all of this. Um, right. At what point do you get tired of like trying to prove that you should be with someone? I think that's may have may have been where he landed, like spending so much time trying to prove to her that she did the right thing by picking him. OK, right? but let's put and into like, context that like all of this happens over six weeks. So it's not 100 percent, 100 percent. But again, when you're even going in. With that, like, even with it being six weeks, like, there is, like, pressure. There's, like, more and more pressure to, like, pick the right person. For as sure. opposed to, like, making informed decisions. Because you don't really have a lot of time to pick the wrong, tr- like, to figure out what is actually the best choice for you. And and then it's met with, like, and you're getting married. <laughs> so. Yeah. I thought his family was like, I, I really liked Sal's family and how like open they were about everything. So it was just a very stark contrast from Mallory's. So I, I honestly do wish them both the best. I kind of do hope that they're still together. I don't think that that's what's happening. Um, cause it kind of seemed at the end of the episode that Mallory was like very like coming, like very much like, Oh my God, like, like kind of make having a realization that this was not it. 
Um, yeah. So I don't think so, but you know, I do hope for them because I really liked them, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, we have uh, Jarrett and Ayana. Wait, they're the last ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jarrett and Ayana both said yes. This was a little surprising to me based on what Ayana was saying, like right before the ceremony, like she was alluding to um, essentially that like saying yes to him would be like taking a huge leap because she's very much an action person and there are certain actions that she hasn't seen from him. Namely, she was discussing about um, the fact that he uh, goes out a lot and whatever, and that he would need to stop doing that. Basically. I did think from Jared's monologue that he is sincere and like, does want to like make this relationship work. I think that they're really cute together. I just, for some reason I can't get over the whole Mallory debacle like he just Same. he just freaking like was so heartbroken about it maybe he's just like a really sensitive guy and like liked them both at the time but I I don't know like I if I was Ayana I don't know if I could get over that I know and especially like as soon as they got out of the pods that conversation he had with Mallory like completely undermining her relationship sal all that stuff talking about oh i know you better oh i would have done that for you i would have done that for you and all this stuff like that made me deeply uncomfortable for ayana because i think i i really liked her so i was very uncomfortable with that and you know i wonder if her watching this now because i'm sure she didn't know what actually happened so i'm wondering if now that it's out and she's actually able to watch it how she's gonna feel because that was a very bad conversation yeah that will be a really interesting actually they probably will address that because that was huge that happened um at the first cocktail party in Mexico when all the couples were together and Mallory and Jarrett kind of had this like extensive conversation honestly I think Mallory handled herself very well in that conversation so I don't think there's any like Mallory slander to be had in that like mainly Jarrett Jarrett slander where he was just like freaking like going ham on the fact that like he basically seemed like if Mallory left Sal at that moment Jarrett would have gotten with her I just I just think that like even Ayana feeling like she needs actions or whatever it's still not enough time right like like yeah so he he had an outing right and it's also just like also just like not all on him too like there is a responsibility on her to be like um to acknowledge that he's a social guy and that just as much as she expects him to tone himself down like it has to like even out like balance out over time that like she should be willing to go with him right every once in a while right like because it has to be boundaries on both sides right it's not fair for him to completely shut himself off from social things and just like be around accessible to her right it has to be just as like agreed upon that there are times where she needs him to stay in and be with her and they have more like quiet introverted time and also social time too this these outings kind of seemed more to me like they were like hanging with the guys like guys only kind of things but I don't know it isn't the one that um they showed in the show was like with his friends like wasn't it at a bar and there was like a whole bunch of people there like girls too 
I, I don't remember if there were girls or guys there. I remember that I think the first one he invited her and she said no. Oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. I believe if I remember. So maybe that was one. And then there were like two. She said that he went out three days in one week. Um, And it sounds like he stayed out like really late, like really, really late. So I don't know. I think there's definitely I agree with you. I think there's definitely a give and take. And I think that if that's if their relationship is going to work, she's going to have to give a little as well and like Mm -hmm. meet him in the middle somewhere. Not necessarily always, but like at least be open to the idea. Yeah, totally. Do you uh, do you guys want to talk about Kyle and Shayna like a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about them. Because I just I know for Shayna, for sure, it was just because Shane was with Natalie. Yeah. 100%. That's the only reason she said yes to Kyle. Yeah. Because she wanted to go to Mexico. I think she just wanted to. He was kind of like her ticket. I think so, too. Yeah. But the thing is, she left before she even met Shane. She didn't meet yeah, Shane until they were back in Chicago. It, right. Because I don't think she, again, this girl is very flighty, right? And she doesn't think all of her decisions through. She just thought, like, potentially, right? Like, I'm just going to say yes because I'm going to have FOMO. And then she gets there and she's like, oh, shit, like, this guy is going to want to, like, share a room with me or whatever. Whether they have sex or not is not really the point. But just kind of, like, I'm going to have to keep up something that I don't really, right? It could have been her, like, conscious coming in. And that's why she left being like, fuck, what did I do? Right? So I think it started out self-serving. And then when push came to shove, shove she was like, ah, fuck, this is not what I wanted at all. Yeah, maybe. I think she's just a huge hypocrite. Like, honestly. Oh, 100%. If Shane, if Shane said that he didn't, he was an atheist, she would have made it work. Not even just that. Like, she spent all her time in the pods talking to Shane about how she needed to have sex five times a day. She's the sexual person, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, there's there's this meme on, uh, on TikTok and it's like, Shayna, I, um, I'm a deeply like religious person, super Christian. Also, Shayna. I need to get banged five times a day. Like, <laughs> I was like, like, and then it was like, not Shayna showing up to mass with a swollen vagina. Like, <laughs> like literally she like portrayed herself to Shane as like this, like sex goddess who like just wanted to fuck all the time and like have fun. And then she tried to portray herself to Kyle as like this pious, holier than thou christian girl and it was just it it nothing added up for her like she was right because she needed a reason to break up with him both of those right both that of was those the thing. both of those personas are fake and not who she is so totally i am i think she will be at the or i think she is at the reunion because i think that i saw photos of them all at the reunion but um to be honest i could care less about what's happening with her life i think she's just like toxica Honestly, her and Shane deserve each other. They're both bitches. That's our love is blind recap, though. I don't have anything else to say. Do you guys? <laughs> she do- she doesn't even answer. <laughs> I know. I can't. I can't answer. That guy is fucking the worst. Um, so our next segment, we're going to be going over our book club of the month. Um, this month for the month of February, as you guys know, we are reading Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover, one of her earlier works, relatively. I mean, like, she's a fairly new author. Um, and do you want to go over the plot line, Andrea? Um, wait, Daniela, do you want to do it? 
I can. So Ugly Love, um, in a nutshell, was basically about this, uh, this woman named Tate. And she moves in with her brother, who's a pilot, um, while she's in school and, and also working. And one of his friends, she ends up basically falling in love with one of his friends. That's also a pilot. But they start off just like having a like friends with benefits kind of situation um because he tells her from the jump like I can't give you any more than this because like like don't fall in love with me don't ask about my past and don't expect a future blah 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 and she's like okay yeah like let's do that because she just she honestly just really wanted to fuck him like badly so she compromised herself but from the jump she's already saying like I don't think I can do this, but I really want to have sex, so I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) So they go throughout, like, basically having that type of relationship, and then she catches feelings. They have a bunch of, like, arguments about it and stuff, and he, they eventually break up a couple times, but the second time they actually, like, stay, like, it's done. She moves out. She gets her own place, so she doesn't see him anymore, and he has, like, some trauma that happened to him in the past, um with like his like his infant son died and everything and he takes the blame for it and yeah and he ends up coming to terms with it I guess and um getting some closure from it and then goes after her and gets her back and they get married they have kids and happily ever after okay so safe to say it's the most cliche book ever It's a tired romantic trope. Let's put into perspective that this was published in 2014. It's definitely in a different Colin Hoover era, I would say. Um, Yeah, totally. And not in a particular era that I want to relive. Um, This very much gave me high school vibes. Um, It did? The writing so much so. Like how it, it really, she really wrote it like the way that I would imagine a guy's brain works in the sense of like how they catch feelings for girls. And I don't mean women, like I mean actually girls, like not women. And like in how like superficial it is. It's just like everything is her. I want to like there's so much kissing in this book and not that much sex. It really is just like a lot of kissing. And they talk about like, I always just want to kiss you. Like your lips are everything and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is like, like middle schoolers just kiss and like fantasize about making out. Like that's weird. So even the sex yeah. scenes were very like okay like I don't know like they didn't 100% like- but even in the way so like you're you're dealing with a girl who's like 23 and the way that she describes him too is also very childish like oh my gosh he has the v like <laughs> I would say that shit in 2009 bro <laughs> We said that about Zac Efron I know okay <laughs> like um, oh my gosh <laughs> I I will say I'm going to say it was not it. Um, this is not a book that I would recommend to people to read. Like this no. is not one of my like books that I would recommend. Um, no, no. I think that the storyline was extremely predictable. I think it, you know, despite it having some interesting points, you know, like his backstory of like, you know, the infant son dying and all of that stuff, you know, that was definitely sad. Um I, I I felt for him with that and like all of that and they were all in the car when this happened and like the girl that he was with always blamed him and that was essentially why they couldn't stay together um 
And he had been single for like nine years at that point. And so I can definitely like that part of the, of the story. I was like, Oh, that's sad. Um, but it still did not compensate for just the sheer cringiness of the rest of the book in the sense that like, it was the most childish thing ever. And it was like, I mean, I read it. I mean, like, to be honest, I read it in a day because that's how like simple (laughs) the thoughts were in that book. Yeah. I just like, I, I need more depth and more complexity, which I feel like was the case with Verity, right? It was significantly more deep Right. And like, I guess I just like more intensity as well, mm-hmm. but like realistic intensity. Right. It gave me, Not it gave me I Twilight that, like, vibes. What did Verity? No, no, no. Ugly or, love. Or no, the ugly love. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never read that, but I believe you. I know you did. Yeah. But you read that in high school. I know. That's why I'm saying. Like, right. It was like, you read that was, in grade 12. Yeah. That's why I was like, it's high, it was high school vibes. Yeah, it was definitely, like, I read it in a day as well. Um, I actually just read it, like, two days ago. And I was reading it just to finish it. That's what I found. Because, obviously, like, other things had come up. So I was getting towards the end of the month. And I needed to read the book. Like, I had two days left of the month. I needed to read it. So that's why I read it in a day. You know? I wasn't reading it because, like, oh, I need to know what happens to these characters. I need to know all these things. Mm -hmm. Because I already knew. Mm -hmm. Like, you knew that, like, you started off, like, the second chapter, you already know that he's going to, they're going to start this thing. And he's going to pull away because they're getting closer. And she's going to catch feelings. And then he's going to come to realization and then get her back. You you could get that already from, like, the first two chapters. Mm -hmm. So, like... It wasn't really, it was like, okay, at this point, I'm just reading to find out what happened with Rachel. Yeah. That's really totally. all I want to find out. Totally. <laughs> like, at this point, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I like, there was to no say. rapport, there was no rapport with the with the reader. Like, I didn't feel like I built a relationship with any of the characters. No. Yeah. I want to say that these Goodreads ratings are slanderous, and I'm I'm convinced they're fake. They can't be real. There's no way that this book is 4.27 out of five stars. It is not. I gave it a two. No. I, ga- I gave it I gave it a three, but what did you give it? Out well, I tried stars. to rate it a three, but my Kindle said there was an error. So I never actually got to rate <laughs> it, but I was trying to give it a three. I like, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was terrible. Like I should say, like I finished the book and it's not like when I finished it, I wasn't like, this is the worst book I've ever read in my life. But in like, when you put it in comparison, because we started out, like for me, I started off with Verity and then it ends with us and stuff. So I have read some great books from her. So when I read this, it was terrible because it just wasn't at all like what she is now. But if you actually, I was trying to compare it to books I've read in general. And I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I wouldn't, like, I was pushing people to, like, to read Silent Patient. I was, that's not her, though. But anyways, I was pushing people to read Silent Patient. It ends with us. Um, Like, every single book we've read, I have been like, this is great. Everybody needs to read this. Mm -hmm. This is not one of those books. Mm -hmm. If someone were to tell me, oh, I'm reading Ugly Love, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, that's fine. But it. Like, it's definitely not something that I'm, like, recommending to anybody. It's like a palate cleanser, to be honest. 
right? And that's kind of why I rated it a three because it wasn't terrible. But like if you're in like a rut or something like that and you just need something that's like super frivolous, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like sitcom television where you just need something playing in the background that is like super shitty TV, right? It's like that, right? Like I can't, I can only watch like maybe two episodes of, of Euphoria at a time. But put Sex in the City on, I can watch a whole season in a day. Yeah, I could probably I I mean, like, I think it's definitely less than a three for me. Probably not quite as low as a two, something in between. But I just couldn't two point seven. I just couldn't bring myself to rate it any higher because I was like, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any of my friends read it. I just can't like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand and I agree with you guys. But I just, like, for me, like, based on all of the other books that we've read, like, it's just not even on the same caliber or scale. It's very much for high schoolers. Like, literally in a few years, I would tell Kaylee to read it. And she's Carol, 13. So wh- which one's worse? Um, Luckiest Girl Alive or Ugly Love? Ugly Love, 100%. Is worse? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Oh, man, luckiest, I hated that book. Luckiest Girl Alive at least had some complexity with it. Even though we didn't uh, like, yeah, I even though I didn't like the character, I still felt like the story was better. I, I kind of thought it was predictable too, but. Not as predictable for me as Ugly Love. Ugly Love, like I literally read the first two chapters. I agree with Daniela. I read the first two chapters and I was like, I know what's going to happen here. Like 100%. Yeah, yeah. They were going to have sex. Yeah. He was going to pretend like he didn't love her, even though he's falling for her. She's falling for him. And then they're going to have some reconciliation. He's going to go after her. Right. Like, come on. Right. Anybody who baseline reads knows that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. And I felt like even though Luckiest Girl Alive was still predictable, it was less predictable than that. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that happened, like her main trauma was not predictable, but in terms of like the relationship dynamics, it was very predictable. A hundred percent. There was like, there was also like some complex, there was also some like lack of complexity in Luckiest Girl Alive, but, um, I think ugly, ugly love was just, oh my God. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So there's that. So, you um, know what? The, like, moral of the story is that they're not all hits, folks. Like, no. literally. Especially like, earlier stuff, right? So, that's pretty interesting. Like, there is more depth as you go along. <clears> so, that's interesting. So, we're kind of seeing her evolution as an author. So, that's that's actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. If nothing else. <laughs> but. So, um, does that, do we have any other thoughts about the book? No? Mm-mm. No? Okay, so Carol, why don't you give some podcast updates before we go? Well, firstly, for the month of March, which starts tomorrow, Tuesday, we are reading The Husbands by Chandler Baker. Um, It is rated 3.53 on Goodreads, so very middle of the road, very interested. But um, I'm going to read the little spiel about it. Okay, do that. Um, okay. Um, so, all right, here we go. Nora Spangler is a successful attorney, but when it comes to domestic life, she packs the lunches, schedules the doctor's appointments, knows where the extra paper towel rolls are and designs and orders the holiday cards. Her husband works hard too, but why does it seem like she's always working so much harder? 
When the Spanglers go house hunting in Dynasty Ranch, an exclusive and suburban neighborhood, Nora meets a group of high-powered women, a tech CEO, a tech CEO, a neurosurgeon, an award-winning therapist, a best-selling author with enviably supportive husbands. When she agrees to help with a resident's wrongful death case, she's pulled into the lives of the women there. She finds the air is different in Dynasty Ranch. The women aren't hanging on by a thread, but as the case unravels, Nora uncovers a plot that might explain the secret to having it all, one that's worth killing for. Calling to mind a Stafford wives gender swap, the husbands imagines a world where the burden of the second shift is equally shared and what it might take to get there. Ooh. <laughs> that was not planned. <laughs> Very much okay, a cliffhanger so and I'm and I'm, I'm interested. I am interested. That's actually that You know what? Synopsis. We we love a we love a three star book so that it manages expectations so we don't get pissed in the end. <laughs> Yeah, because it's going to be interesting now because this one is rated lower than Ugly Love. So it's going to be interesting to compare when we finish this book. Like, was it actually, did we, are we going to enjoy it more? Are we going to enjoy it a lot less? Which I find hard to believe that we could enjoy anything less than Ugly Love. But, (laughs) like, because then it's really going to be like, these reviews are just not it. (laughs) And this is a new release. It was released, it was published um, in August 2021, so it's fairly new also. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to read, uh, but that's going to be so that's going to be our March book of the month. Please follow along with us. Um, In the background, I know that we're both going to be reading other books too. Um, Mm -hmm. I am still, I've been in kind of like a reading rut. I read like, I read ugly love like earlier on in the month um and then like just really didn't read anymore for the rest of the month so I um am still finishing song of Achilles I will get there um and then I'm going to be starting um a court of thorns and roses the the series I really want to start that literally just because of this podcast and Andrea consistently saying that it needs to be read. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm still reading in the background of our like book of the month. I'm still reading Malibu rising. I'm only two chapters into it, but I want to finish it. But I still am reading it. Honestly, you should just like give up. Is it not worth it to like continue? I'm only two two chapters in. And like, I have some curiosity. Carol would think it's DNR. So, Oh, okay. I, I think it's like, I, I I wouldn't recommend it to people. I don't recommend it. I do have, I think Andrea put Song of Achilles on my Kindle mm-hmm. a while ago. So, and I mean, it sounds interesting. That was my 2021 book of the year. So then that's what I should be reading? <laughs> no, you should read A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's so, you it's should read so it with good. me. Read it with yeah. me. Read it together. Okay. When do you want to start? Actually, we can talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we will. Um, but Carol, why don't do we do we want to talk about some podcast updates? Yeah, of course. So we have been chatting a lot about like what direction we want the podcast to go in, and we're really having a lot of fun discussing, you know, our takes on hot topics and things like that. Um, I think we wanted to kind of carve out a place for our podcast where like we can really share like more of who we are rather than just you know our takes on pop culture and things like that um so we are going to be like introducing some themes and topics for our upcoming um episodes just to kind of like have a a baseboard of like things for us to 
for us to discuss kind of on a more serious note, not serious, but like on a more thoughtful note, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then like, we're really going to give you the insider scoop onto like how we grew up, kind of how we thought through things throughout our lives and how our lives have changed now. And I think that that will give you a lot of context as to like how we talk about things, I think, um, because a lot of people yeah. like don't really know our whole backstory. So I sure. think this will give like sure. a lot of context. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, we're still deciding on the order and things like that, but expect that next Monday we will have at least a, a portion of the podcast where we're talking. Obviously we'll talk about like, you know, all the, you know, pop culture things and like the shows we're watching and things like that. Um, but there'll be like a little bit of a theme to like our own personal, um, part of the podcast. Yeah. So with more intention, um, if you guys, um, think of something or have things that you're curious about us discussing, like send them in, we would love that. Um, but we're hoping that like with more intention, um, we can be like equally as supportive as entertaining and like girl groupy as it comes. Right. So, so yeah, a hundred percent. And be like very authentic to who we are and, um, our experience. Yeah. When I, um, like myself, I'm not someone who follows like pop culture very much. So when I listen to the podcast, that's literally like my update for what's going on in the world outside of sports, because that's literally all I put my extra energy into. So, um, keeping like a small portion on like updating that, um, so if there's anybody who doesn't really follow pop culture, culture but kind of wishes they knew a little bit, this is definitely it because they cover things like really concisely <laughs> and just quick, <laughs> which is great. So I can feel like I know things. Um, but yeah, just getting deeper into your lives will be interesting because I was there, but I also was not there. <laughs> like I was around, but that was just really like. Like, I used to follow Carol around when she lived with us to um, get her to play her trumpet because I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) And it was so annoying for her, but I just loved it. But I had no idea what was going on through your, like, actual lives. So it'll 100%. It'll be really interesting. Maybe we'll bring Danielle back We grew up together, but didn't grow up together. Yeah, That's true. So Totally. Totally. Um, And hopefully, like, with this, we'll hopefully get some people on for different perspectives. Um, I do want to say one more thing before we wrap kind of addressing that amidst all, everything that we've talked about, which is largely very positive. A lot of people are not having that in their lives. Um, and Andrea and I have spoken a lot about this throughout the, um, throughout the week and it's definitely provided some, you know, uneasiness, um, in our lives personally. Um, but our thoughts are with all of the people in Ukraine, all of the people that have been deployed or that are fighting. Um, we are definitely thinking of you. Um, and both of us feel this way. Um, and we can just hope for this all to end very, very soon. Um, and hopefully with as little amount of casualties as possible. Um, anyway, I just really wanted to end the note end the podcast on that note. Um, and we will see you next time. Um, Andrea had to mute herself because she's currently in a meeting. Um, we were doing this very much like in, in the middle of all of our work things. So anyway, um, everybody have a great week and have a happy Monday. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.